a gun with the four of the gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we're going to talk all about what happened in week, and I'm scrolling through the rundown, 11. I couldn't keep track <laughs> 11 of the college football season. Uh, we will talk all about um, the Florida Gators manhandling South Carolina. We will talk about the updated college football playoff rankings briefly because we like to believe things work out on this podcast. They work themselves out. No updates to silly season so far, which is a, which is a good thing. Um, and then we will get into our five wide and two point from last week. You cut it close. You cut down the, the, uh, space this week tyler i see i see what you did one there. point game one point game we'll then talk about a couple of non-five wide games uh we will talk about florida versus vandy this weekend and we will then preview week 12 with five wide and two point but before we begin tyler a little bit of um a lot of bit of sad news um on sunday afternoon early afternoon it was reported that there was a shooting on the campus of the university of virginia it was Uh, It occurred late Sunday night, and it was a situation where someone um, basically took – we don't know what happened, to be be honest, and how it ended up. But the unfortunate result is that due to gun violence, once again, um, we lost three University of Virginia students, and there are two more that are – were injured from the the shooting – those three players that passed – a player – well, those three students that passed away also happened to be – um, football players on the University of Virginia's football team. Um, and one of the injured is also a football player. Uh, I feel I wrote down some things about them um, that I found online on a CNN article where the families and Coach Elliott talked about them and, and such and such. And I feel like we should give them the respect that they deserve in that sense. So uh, the, play, the, the, the people, the young men that we lost were uh, Devin Chandler. He was a native of Arlington, Tennessee. He was a junior wide receiver and kick returner um, for the Hoos. He was a former Wisconsin transfer. And so people impacted also in Madison from this from this loss. Coach Elliott said, uh, Devin was what you wanted in a young person that's at this level, but he's just a big kid. The thing I remember about him is he always brought a smile to my face because he was just as happy with where he was, comfortable in his skin, and had a very bubbly personality. Um, his high school football coach said that Chandler was a player the team could always count on, even when tragedy struck his junior year. Even during his junior year of high school, when his dad passed away in the middle of the season, he came to me and said, Coach, I want to play this week. My dad would want me to play this week. And that was his character, always thinking of others. Um, another young man that we lost, his name is Lavelle Davis Jr. He was from Dorchester, South Carolina. He was a junior wide receiver. And Elliot said about him, big smile, lights up the room. And most people would say because he's the tallest guy in the room, but just his presence, he got a gentleness about him, but he's passionate about what he believes in. He also said that the other thing that resonated was just how good of a teammate he was and how much he loved his teammates and would do anything for his teammates. Um, and then in a May 2021 video on the University of Virginia's football's Twitter, um, David said that his hobbies outside of class included um, watching 90s movies and reading Shakespeare plays and the Bible, which, side note, love that we have a football player that is consuming both uh, Shakespeare plays and also trying to enrich his um, spiritual body as much as mm-hmm. his, his physical one as well. So there is a GoFundMe for Lavelle Davis Jr. Um, his funeral cost that his uh, family put up. At last I checked, it was over like $125,000. So if you would like to donate to that, the sh- the link to that is in the show notes. Um, and the last person that we lost, young man, uh, Deshaun Perry. He was a native of Miami, Florida. I put here that he went to Gulliver Prep. Um, if those of you know South Florida, that's a very good prep school. 
He was a junior linebacker. Elliot said about him that he was very, very artistic. He could draw. He could shape pots with clay. He loved music, was very cultured and well-rounded. He also said he was a great teammate and had a sense of humor that was one of a kind and that only Deshaun could have. Um, Deshaun Perry's parents have thanked the South Florida and Charlottesville communities for their support. Um, and that was put out by their attorney, Michael Haggard. Um, and Haggard said in a statement to CNN, on behalf of Deshaun's parents, Happy and Sean Perry and their entire family, we thank the South Florida Charlottesville communities for the outpouring of support during this impossibly tragic time. In the statement, Perry's parents said they would also not speak publicly about their son's passing out of respect for the University of Virginia community, which has, quote, been terrorized by another mass shooting in the United States. Um, one of the players, one of the two people injured was also a player. His name was Michael Hollins. He is, he, his name is Michael Hollins, I should say. Um, he is a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, junior running back. He is currently intubated, but is in stable condition. His sister, Ebony, says that the family is still in disbelief, but grateful that her brother is responsive, that he's communicating with pen and paper. And man, this part got me. This part got me, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, he's asking about his teammates, specifically asking about his teammate and his best friend, Deshaun Perry. And he's really concerned about Deshaun, which is very sad because he doesn't know that Deshaun's not with us anymore. So she says that they haven't told him yet because he's intubated and they don't want to upset him. Um, he's expected to undergo a second surgery, um, yesterday, this article was written on Sunday and, uh, they say, she says that we're lucky Michael was spared, but we're still grieving for the three families that cannot say the same. Our heart aches for them. Those were my brother's brothers. Uh, we should also mention Marley Morgan, a student was reportedly injured in the, um, shooting. There has been no update from the family and the university of Virginia's medical center spokeswoman, Eric, or spokesman. Eric Sweeney says that without naming anyone, one of the two people injured was discharged and the other was in critical condition. Given the fact that um, Michael Hollins is intubated and Marley Morgan was named, we are led to believe but cannot confirm that Marley Morgan was the one that was discharged and no report since then. As a consequence, Virginia has canceled their final home game this Saturday against Coastal Carolina, and they are scheduled to play Virginia Tech in Blattsburg at the end of the season next Saturday in their final game. Um, Sad stuff. Yeah. Hard stuff. Um, I'll put the link for that GoFundMe in the show notes. And tough way to start, but I think the correct way to start. Yeah, um, yeah we yeah, there's not much to say. But you you guys know our opinions on our our political and social beliefs on gun control. And so we won't bore you with those right now, but um we will yeah, we felt like this was an appropriate way to start the show, given the situation. It's not something that's common. Um, unfortunately, it's becoming more common than than we'd like, but it's still not something that, you know, you're, you're never fully prepared for something like that. You know, we just hope that those families and Virginia, the University of Virginia community, everyone like that is a football team. Um, all those people are healing in their own way. So, Absolutely. And that they can come together. Um yeah just tragic mm. yeah um yeah with that being said tyler i think um i think we have to move on and yep. uh not to be so drastic and change the spirits but um we will move on to something not as meaningful but positive relatively positive in the landscape of college football florida 38 south carolina six yeah. um we dominated this game from start to finish my friend start to finish yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, Patrick Tony's defense has not given up any points uh, in six quarters. Six quarters. They haven't, they the haven't given touch, up a touchdown, correct. The six only quarters. touchdown, they haven't given up any, any points because the only touchdown given up was a special teams touchdown. Um, that's true, that's true. And they held, uh, Texas, they shut out Texas A&M in the second half, so no points from the defense in six quarters of football, which at the beginning of the year sounded, frankly, impossible. Um, so some improvement there offense, uh, wasn't even really passing offense was kind of sluggish and Florida still ran for like all, almost 400 yards, 38 points, um, team, the identity in the team has taken shape and yeah, it's happening pretty late, but given that this is year one, like this is what you wanted to see, uh, growth, identity, teams really rounded into form getting a lot of positive stuff to turn the season around, make a building block for next year. Um, 
it also felt good to to get a little bit of revenge on Spencer Rattler. <laughs> <laughs> for those for those who don't know, he um in the bowl game, the Oklahoma Florida bowl game, the Cotton Bowl, um, a couple years ago, Spencer Rattler really kind of did his thing against us and was very open in his gator chomps and trash talk during and after the game. So for uh, for Desmond Watson to hit him with the stiff arm and for us to have a photo of it that we can just just in court did you and then what and then um florida twitter tweeting out 21 can you do something for me was just impeccable timing and great pop culture um knowledge and awareness so a fantastic time i I think the biggest deal tyler for me coming out of the game um not only did we dominate on the run offensively not only did trevor etn and by the way everyone his name's trevor he's not travis travis is his brother plays for the jags just want to clarify that for the 80th time trevor etn uh, had 100 yards rushing and he becomes the first uh the first freshman um in florida in florida football program history since 2017 to have at least 100 rushing yards as a freshman um joining the one and only Stop. Malik Davis. The one it's this just further proves my point that if Malik Davis doesn't get hurt, his career goes completely different. I don't want to talk about it. We're not going into that today. But we, on top we, of we those absolutely do not have the time for you to go on your little rant no, about Malik Davis. No, I have a thousand things. I have a thousand things to do today, and one of those is not remind everyone about how great Malik Davis was. Um, no, but up top of the running and stuff. I was impressed by the fact that the defense didn't just show up. They showed up at the beginning of the game. That is something that has troubled this Gators defense the entire season. They've had a very tough time going in and kind of adapting and, and, and starting off strong. And this team definitely started off strong. Um, I don't want to say it, but ever since Brenton Cox has left this program, the pass rush has gotten better. I knew it's a different defense. Right? I, don't, I don't understand how it can be a different defense, but like one player being gone, the entire the pass rush, the entire defense has changed. Um, yeah, and it, it's it. This is why, like, also in more recent news, some other players have been starting to be dismissed from the team or enter the transfer portal from Florida. And which, really by the way, like, I said, I told you guys, this is going to happen. The yeah. turnover, it's okay. The world's not ending. It's just some players are realizing well, they're not fitting in here. And they that's need to what, go. That's oh. what I was going to say is that mm-hmm. like now the the roster building and the roster makeover is beginning to happen, which I think is a good sign. Um, I mean, the one major impact has already had big dividends for Florida. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's all I have about the game. Just very happy with it. Com- officially bowl eligible. I think applause for that is something we got to give. I think so um officially bowl eligible and um yeah those extra practices are going to do well we have a chance to finish eight and four um which would be great and something that we thought was possible and realistic before the season started and i think the fact that we're peaking at the end is a good sign right going into next season going into the off season and more specifically going into early signing day in december when we can load up on the on the talent and try to win some of these battles uh, a lot of people are on flip watch so we there's a potential to make this class even better and improve even more so hopefully that sticks tyler let's move forward quickly we'll go through the college football playoff rankings uh your top four stay the exact same georgia ohio state michigan tcu uh tennessee stays there all four of those teams are undefeated by the way 10 and 0 tennessee um at number five at nine and one LSU, who clinched the SEC West this weekend at six and two. I'm sorry, at eight and two, sitting at number six. USC at nine and one, number seven. Alabama at eight. They have an eight and two record. Clemson at nine with a nine and one record. And rounding out the top ten is Utah with an eight and two record. Tyler, anything stand out for you from the top ten? Uh, nothing stands out necessarily. Although I do think that it's very interesting that, um, well. I don't really have a problem with any of these. I can't, I, you can't convince me that anyone has actually watched Michigan football this year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not arguing with them being three because it's one of those things where like Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other. So that's right. not really, but also I haven't watched like any Michigan football this year. I have no clue if they're actually that good. They have the record, but I don't, I know they haven't really played much of anybody. Um, mm-hmm. Additionally, fantasy at five. 
I got a real feeling Tennessee's going to get in the college football playoff if they just win their next two games. I but think I just and, I don't. I'm trying mm-hmm. to. I'm really trying to imagine a world where that doesn't happen, and I'm not seeing the path. I think um, the world. I can tell you the world where it doesn't happen, and it's because they have set it up this way. It's the world where it doesn't happen is if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Because at that point, you're going to have to put George. You're going to have to. I think Georgia's in regardless, as long as they win out the regular season, right? As mm-hmm. long as they're only, if they're only losses in the SEC title game, I think they're in. Um, like you said, I think Ohio State is winning that game, so we'll pencil in Georgia, Ohio State as locks. Then let's say TCU goes on a run, right? Let's say TCU wins it out. It, it seems like that's what they've been doing. Let's go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt. That's three. Then after that, you have Tennessee and LSU. I don't think that USC is going to be winning the Pac-12. I think it's going to be either Oregon or depending on USC how things shake out. USC is the only Pac-12 team with a shot. Correct. Like Correct. They, I want to say they do have a shot. But it's right. just like knowing the teams that they're up against and how many actually good Pac-12 teams there are this year, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult for me to see them getting into this conversation. Completely agree. Like, Completely agree. I think USC is has the best chance. Um but I don't see them winning the conference, so I'm going to bring them down because I don't think they get they get in as a two-loss non-conference champion. Um, and then I think Bama and Clemson are out. The only hope that I think can spoil from outside is North Carolina at 13. They're 9-1. and one. Their wins aren't the best, but if they, they think their next game is Georgia Tech and then after that it's NC State, and then after that they're playing in the ACC title game against Clemson. If they can win those three games – and Drake May, because they have a poster child of football, like in Drake May, true freshman, who we will be having conversations about leading into next season. Tyler, don't you worry. No, I, may be, I may be silently purchasing stock on the Drake May hype train. Just want to point that out. Um, I think they're the only outsider that gets a chance. But if LSU beats Georgia, I think that puts LSU above Tennessee because they have played a mutual opponent and LSU will have a victory with the mutual opponent. And on top of the victory... They will be, have a conference. The, uh, the SEC champion, I don't think, is ever left out of the playoffs. So I think in that scenario, we have two SEC teams in the playoffs. I think Georgia and LSU would make it. Um, but if not, if it doesn't work out, I, I agree with you. I think Tennessee would slide in as like the four seed. Um, there's, also we'll, world, there's also a world where we get three uh, SEC teams in the playoffs. Which I yeah, I'm gonna be very clear. I don't want that to be the case. Correct. <laughs> I don't want it to be possible. the case either. TCU slips up. Michigan slips up. Like, well, okay, Michigan, one of Michigan or Ohio State is going to be in or out. Exactly. Like, one of the two. If TCU slips up and it gets pushed out of there, USC doesn't do anything, and LSU does beat Georgia, then you have LSU and Georgia have to be in, and then Tennessee might be the best team to take that last ball. And honestly, maybe in that scenario, North Carolina does win out, only have one loss, and they're on the outside looking in, and that could benefit LSU and Tennessee because if huh. Clemson does it, then maybe it's like, oh, it's Clemson. You know, their only loss was on the road at Notre Dame, who. You know, right now is sitting at uh, number eighteen at seven and three. If they can finish, you know, eight and four or even nine and three with beating USC, that would help. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. But I personally want TCU in the playoffs so bad. I don't think that they'll win a playoff game, but I want them in regardless. <laughs> I completely agree. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and move forward, Tyler. Um, no silly season updates, so we'll continue forward there. Five wide, Tyler, from last week. Five wide. Here we go. Let's talk about these games of the week. Um, Number nine, these rankings are all former, obviously, from from kickoff for the record. Number nine, Alabama 30. Number 11, Ole Miss 24. We both get the points on this one. This was a fun game to watch. Alabama was down early by multiple scores. They were down at halftime by a touchdown, and they ended up coming back and winning the game. Um, Lane Kiffin, potential Auburn coach, Lane Kiffin, um, I'm just saying, I saw the flight no, tracker true. tweets. It, I saw the true. flight tracker tweets, okay? Oh, it's flight tracker tweets time. Oh, flight track season. <laughs> um, but he came out afterwards and basically bemoaned the officiating and was like, I don't understand why Jackson Dart gets different calls and different, look, you know, playing against different teams and basically saying Alabama gets the calls and this and that or whatever. Yeah, Tyler, because they're Alabama. Oof. Yes. And, and number two. That's right, but like we all know right. why. Right. Number two, like it does you no no good to go up and complain about that. Like I love Nick. I love Nick Saban. I love um, Lane Kiffin. But sometimes I'm like, just read the room, find a way. You know what I mean? Like, just relax. What do you think you, of this you, game, Tyler? You got it. It's the same thing we've always said with the Patriots. Like, you got to know 
they're gonna get those calls. So you yeah. gotta overcome that. And like mm-hmm. that's not that should not be a surprise to everyone. Right. Anyway. Right. Um, what do you what do you think of this game? Fun game. Um Ole Miss showed a lot. Alabama comes back at the end. And I mean, to me, this solidifies like two things about Alabama. Is if Bryce Young, if, if Bryce Young's not doing something, they ain't doing anything. Like, um, like Bryce Young is I know Jameer Gibbs is amazing and everything like that, but like Bryce, they gotta Bryce Young's gotta do everything for this team. Um, which I mean, he's the Heisman winning quarterback and probably gonna be the number one pick in the draft. So like that's not the worst way to build your team. But it is weird where I'm like, and this is this is a team that has won games that they're back at quarterback this season because Bryce Young got injured. But just the whole the way they won this game is by Bryce Young doing hero ball. And he's really good at that. Um I mean, yes, yeah, that's really that was really the main thing, but at the same time, they are better like than Ole Miss. And I mean, credit to Ole Miss. Ole Miss put up a fight. Uh, they're going in the right direction. Like, if Lane Kiffin stayed there for long term, I do think it eventually they will beat Alabama. How? Because they keep getting closer. But at the same time, in that Auburn job, I mean, Ole Miss is in this weird spot where, like, you can win at Ole Miss. No one's really done it, but, like, you could win at Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is one of the only, one of the few SEC teams who have never played in the SEC championship. Um, this is this is something that I wanted to ask you when I was hearing this, and I know this has shifted from the game to Lane Kiffin potentially to Auburn, yeah. and that's okay because that was kind of the cloud over this whole game. Do you see? I personally see Auburn as a better job than Ole Miss. I don't see it as a lateral move. I see it similarly to how when Dan Mullen went from Mississippi State to Florida, um, there are a lot of Mississippi oh. State fans because of the state of the Florida program at the time. Um, saying that it was a lateral move, but we know that in terms of potential and maximizing um, your recruiting and your ability of play and all those things, Florida was a better job than Mississippi State. I feel the same way about Auburn compared to Ole Miss, despite all the backroom politics that you have at Auburn. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think the the thing is is that I don't think the difference is nearly as wide between Ole Miss and Auburn. Like more of a statement on Ole Miss being a better job than Mississippi State from a like potential standpoint. And Auburn, I think, not even actually being as good as Florida from a potential standpoint. I only say that because Auburn has had an amazing moments. Auburn's won national titles. But Auburn still has to is like second fiddle in its own state. Um, and that may not they might that may not exist forever because there's a period of time we all know where Auburn was the one that was winning everything in Alabama. Like but um it's that Ole Miss at its height is can can be really good. Like from a potential, but it's got the like Texas A&M potential where like yeah, we know that you could be really good, but you've never actually done it. <laughs> um, so can you really like? Um, whereas Auburn, it's very much like yeah, it's chaos over there. But like Auburn has won national championships. They've so, like, they've won they've won a national championship within the last twelve years, and they have played for two. Yeah, so can't really can't really they're, argue they're, with they're those. They're just a step above. They're just a step above. Like right. Right. The the fact that we got in the last ten years, uh, I think ten years, yeah, was Kick Six was twenty fourteen, I believe. Yes. So yeah, we're twenty thirteen. It was twenty thirteen. So so all right. Still so ten years. Still ten years. Right. Nine, ten year, eight, nine, ten years. We've gotten we got a magical season where we got the Kick Six. People forget about the Kick Six overshadows the miracle at Jordan Hare where against Georgia, where the ball was tipped at the end of the game to win. Mm-hmm. Both of those happened in the same season. And we can make the argument that Auburn wins a national championship that year in 2013 if um, if they have a better execution on their final drive in the national championship game against Florida State. Like, there are a lot of things that could have happened. But besides the point, I agree with you. I think Auburn's that type of job. I'm glad we're on the same page there. We can talk about that later on. But for now, Bama point 30. Is- yeah, right. po- point is, for Alabama, uh, Alabama is still is, did you hear anything different from the LSU game where you're like, it's Alabama, but they're just not as good as previous Alabama teams. Mm-hmm. Like exactly, and all this is pretty good. Like the story with Bama is going to be what they do in the offseason in the transfer portal and how they can improve that those that wide receiver room and that stuff like that. So yeah. Next up, number twenty-two, UCF thirty-eight. Number seventeen, Tulane thirty-one. I get the point on this one. Tyler does not. This game uh, did not go as I expected. I was predicting. I centered my the napkin column on GatorsWire.com around three young quarterbacks, and I wrote about Quinn Ewers, 
I wrote about uh, Drake May, and I wrote about Mikey Keene because Mikey Keene did an incredible job the past two weeks filling in for John Rice Plumley. I I think he's a better option. I've been seeing it the whole season, and I thought Mikey Keene was going to play because they hadn't said anything about John Rice Plumley. weren't sure if he was cleared, and then out comes John Rice Plumley and rushes for like a hundred and thirty something yards, throws for only like one ten, and dominates on the ground. And they played. Gus Malzahn style of football. And I really can't say anything. Um, I had complained about John Reese Plumley the whole season to my UCF friends saying that they, he wasn't the best option for them. But um, if they're going to play Gus ball like that, definitely the best option, definitely the right decision um, for oh, them. It's in, in definitely the best option for the Gus ball system. It's just mm-hmm. that is the Gus ball system what you should be running all the time. Exactly. And I mean, that's it, another it, conversation. It, it works in this game. Mm-hmm. It um, worked good, in this game. Good game. And Tulane came back in the end. They cut down the deficit, so it was still interesting the whole time, too. Good game. Good game. Uh, incredible uniform game. Just Tulane. Oh, Green Wave. Take a bow, Green Wave. Just so an incredible uniform combo. And then also credit to UCF for coming out in some classics, the all-whites with the black helmets. I thought it paired very nicely opposite of Tulane's fun, experimental, mitch, um, mismatch uniforms that they've been going with. So kudos to the uniform teams there. Number four, TCU, 17. Number 18, Texas, 10. Tyler gets the point on this one. Um, speaking of Quinn Ewers, he did not look good, my friend. He looked, dare I say, bad <laughs> at football. What? No. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. So this is exactly what I said. It, I picked TCU largely because I thought TCU was good, but also because of having watched the Texas-Oklahoma State game pretty closely. I was like, yeah, so like Quinn Ewers can make some throws, but like, when the game is on him, he's not there yet. Like the consistency's not quite there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, like this was this was a rough game for Texas. Uh, credit to TCU because they they could have like really um, this this was this was like a clunker game. They hadn't really had a lot of those, and they won this. Like they this was a big this was the big slip up for them. And I actually think that they've been. I was afraid the committee was going to dock them for not dominating in this game but they were actually not even favored and it, to me it just felt like they were going to win the whole time like it was ugly and i think tc needed to prove they can win an ugly game because they can win shootouts they we know that yeah but they, they could win an ugly game uh but yeah clint ewers like i guess i was saying before it's not right re- they're not ready for the air show yet it's this is this was supposed to be the season where quinn ewers is just there to keep him honest so b john robinson can do his thing and whenever, whenever they can't rely on Bijan Robinson to do the thing because they're stacking the box, I mean, Quinn Ewers is not able to open it up over some some of these defenses. And and that's not to say that Quinn Ewers isn't talented, right? Quinn Ewers oh, no, is no, no, no. insanely talented. He's he does a lot of things really well. And honestly, I think this is an underrated storyline with him. I think that shoulder injury has been lingering for a while. I think he rushed back a little too soon and he hasn't been able to get fully in rhythm because he doesn't look the same than when he did the first couple weeks of the season and in the first half against Alabama. Like the legend of Quinn Ewers outside of Austin, Texas really grew in the, because of the first half of that Alabama game. I think differently and I think if he didn't have that shoulder injury, we'd be talking about him in a much fav- more favorable light. But again, he's only he's 19 years old. And he for he there's a lot of factors. He didn't play his senior and year. TCU is good. And TCU is really good. It's a really good football team, like you said. You Quinn Ewers didn't. He's 19 years old. He didn't play his senior year of high school football. He enrolled early at Ohio State to cash in on a reported one million dollar NIL deal. Which good for you. Secure the bag. That is Secure a lot of money. He then realized I'm not going to play here. Transferred to Texas. And is starting right away as a true freshman, a 19-year-old, technically redshirt freshman, but this is this would have been his first true year I mean, if yeah, he stayed. I mean, his senior year was a redshirt year for like exactly. Ohio State, so exactly, and and so he missed out on a lot of starting reps that he would have gotten in high school and and maybe um, in spring ball if he enrolled early at Texas. But regardless, he's got to get those things out of his system. I think they're going to be fine. It's going to be very interesting to see the quarterback battle next year. Um, because we thought that during the Alabama game that, oh, Arch Manning, like Quinn Ewers isn't giving this job up for Arch Manning. Now, with the way the rest of the season has gone, it's going to be a legitimate open quarterback competition. It's going to be very interesting to see who emerges from that. Well, um, as long as Arch Manning doesn't go to Tennessee, I'm fine. 
Well, actually, I don't really have any. I don't have any fear of Manning's playing the playing Florida because hasn't, really, hasn't ever really actually been. A problem I don't think for it's us. ever <laughs> really been a problem for us. So boom, got him. Um, hey. Ew. But again, overall, we just did a bunch of talk on Quinn Ewers. Credit to TCU. They played a fantastic game. And like you said, they have won shootouts in the past. It was nice to see them win not just a close game because those shootouts were close. Um, it was nice to see them win a gritty a clunker, no, a clunker, which is something that they did a lot under Gary Patterson because of his defensive prowess. And it's nice to see that they yeah. can still keep some of that identity going. So good win there. I get the point on that. Uh, Tyler, you get the Sorry, point on that one, Tyler. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, maybe you do Texas believer. Um, <laughs> and that one point is really important now down to the stretch. So <laughs> you get the point. My apologies. Tyler, the game of the day, unequivocally. Oh, number 25, Washington, 37. Number six, Oregon, 34. Neither of us gets the get the points here um, because we picked Oregon. Your Huskies, Tyler, came out with a game, and I would like to publicly – I would like to publicly thank them because I had a three team. I was in the state of Virginia last week, so no allegedly's here. Um, it was legal in Virginia, so I placed a three team teaser that included um, TCU to cover, which they won outright, so we're great there. It also included um, North Carolina, which we'll talk about in a second, um, to cover, which they won outright, and then I teased the over down to sixty five and a half. And with two minutes left in the game, it was sitting at like 62. And I was like, I need points. And Michael Penix Jr. throws a 65-yard touchdown pass that has me audibly going, yes, and covering with this three-team teaser. So thank you so much to Washington. Apart from that, this game – I'm sorry, on top of that, this game was incredible, Tyler. Back and forth the whole time, we had Bo Nix go out, and then he was – allegedly ready to go and Dan Landing wouldn't put him in and it cost cost them they went for it on fourth and one from their own 34 and they didn't get it oh what are your thoughts on this game this was the game of the day hands down well it's one of those things where like Oregon went from and I don't actually think Oregon probably feels this way but Oregon went from no we 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 got to keep this one. We keep losing our coaches. We got to keep this one too. You know what, Auburn, if you wanted to take Dan Landing, it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, I don't actually think that. I mean, I think Bowen going out has a lot to do with this. Um, mm-hmm. But also just said the, the quality of what um, I forget how to say Jim. Is it Jim DeBoer? Like Kalen? I don't know. K- Kalen? Kalen DeBoer. DeBoer. It's DeBoer. Yes. Like DeBoer. I, I cannot remember. Um, the Washington coach's name is uh, Gayla DeBoer is a good coach. Uh, we've known that for a while and he, he shows it. I heard it said somewhere else. I think it was covered in the podcast that it was really funny. Is like, they appreciate what Kalen DeBoer does for Michael Penix Jr. Where it's like Michael Penix Jr. Has a really strong arm and is really kind of struggles with touch throws. So they don't even put touch throws in the offense. Like everything they do, they're just kind of like Michael Penix sling that thing. Credit to Washington. Um, they stuck in it. I, I really thought Oregon was going to run away at this game. Um, Washington's a good team, but uh, credit to Washington for their offensive game plan. Um, and yeah, I, again, it's tough though because I do feel like Bo Nix going out of the game is, does really matter, which is so crazy to say about Bo Nix given everything, the way his career is gone. <laughs> but, it's uh, just so up and down, you know? Yeah, but... Unfortunately, this really pulls Oregon out of the college football playoff conversation. Um, but yeah, uh, good on Washington. Good on Kalen DeBoer putting together a good year. Um, it's been up and down lost teams they shouldn't have lost to, but did beat Oregon, a big rival. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, I think Oregon's still in line for the Pac-12 championship, right? Like they still we, it's still attainable to them. Right? Yeah, I believe I believe they. It's, it's just like, the best two teams. Yes, it's just the best two teams. There's like three or four teams tied for that second place spot, and so there's and a lot of tiebreakers. This is their only conference loss so far. Correct. Correct. This is so. their only conference loss so far. Correct. So they're in, they're still in good shape. They're still in good shape. Um, next up, we have um, number fifteen, North Carolina, thirty-six. Num unranked. I apologize. Wake Forest, thirty-four. We both get the points on this one. Um, this was a great game. Shoot out. Yeah. Drake May taking yeah. over. Um, good he good and you know he has thrown for at he has started every game this season right as a true freshman and he has thrown for at least um 
two, I think it was two, at least 250 yards in every single game this season. And I think at least 280 in like, what are they, nine and one? So in like eight of their 10 games, something crazy I like that. that. They'd only have one loss. I really thought, like, it's even insane. Though he's been great. I really feel like they should have lost the game here or there, but mm-hmm. no. No, no, I know. It's insane. It's insane, but he is doing a fantastic job. Um, and wild because of their defense that they run, um, mainly because it's not not a very good defense. Not good. <laughs> um, so the fact that they're you know doing all of this with that, it's it's pretty, pretty crazy. decisively bad. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and, let, let, and he beat he beat Sam Hartman. So. He did. He did. Credit to him. That ain't nothing. Credit to him. Uh, two point, Tyler. You picked the Shulable FAU fifty two FIU seven. You get the points on that one. Good pick, in my opinion. I watched this game. Uh, Saturday I mean, night what, with, what with do you think I was going to do? Pick the Panthers? No, please. Like the, the I'm sorry. We refer to them sometimes as the Amber Kitties. So uh, no, we <laughs> yes, we we did, we were not rooting for the Amber Kitties. And then Look, for my FAU, you know, I I would have preferred FAU lose. Um, the other game that their teams played this past week as opposed to this one. But I guess I just can't have that. Yeah. I guess it just, it just can't happen. It just can't happen. The other basketball thing for people that are in the know. Uh mm -hmm. Well done. Well done, Tyler. Uh, The other two point game was I picked Oklahoma to beat West Virginia. They did not. West Virginia won 23 to 20. Their backup quarterback uh, came in and replaced JT Daniels and not because JT was hurt just because he was a better option for them. Uh, I saw on Twitter, Oklahoma fans were like, I can't believe we're going to lose this game. And West Virginia fans were like, I can't believe we're going to win this game. So it was very much a dichotomy of what's going on with wait, the state of this <laughs> Yeah, wait, what? What? We're doing what now? Um, it's, like, so. it's like when you, you get out in front of a really good team like early and you're like, okay, well, yeah, but this won't last forever. Like I'm preparing myself. And that just that it just never happens. Right, <laughs> um, right. It just doesn't, uh, doesn't happen ne- It all. never comes back to fight you. Yeah, um, so is Oklahoma bad? Um, I think Oklahoma's going through a not only a rebuilding phase, but definitely a re-identity phase. Um, yeah, they were I mean, tied so much for so long to Lincoln Riley and the offensive juggernaut and the offensive system that he loves to run. But I think now that they're trying to find a lot of balance, they still do that offense stuff. Obviously, Jeff Levy's the coordinator. Dylan Gabriel's got a cannon of an arm, that kind of stuff. But um, – I think that uh, – I was going to say Dabo. (laughs) I think that um, Venables is very much trying to find a balance with that identity. So, yes, I agree. All I take away from this game is that Dylan Gabriel just really cannot hack it at the Power 5 level. Oh, boy. Here (laughs) we go. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will say there was a play. There was a play that um, one of of the favorite players of – sorry, I'm going to scam call. One of the favorite players of – sideline judgments um and friend of the pod courtney mims um denzel mims the wide receiver dropped a wide open perfect ball thrown right by the goal line would have scored a touchdown probably changes the the way that this game yeah. goes so well i mean and it's one of those things where there. i'm with you i still believe that oklahoma has like really a lot of potential in the future years because they are going through re-identity and you know Lincoln riley left them for a reason um mm-hmm. but you know, it's worth it's worth noting. I didn't think they'd be this bad this year, or like right. this not this as not as great as they were. But mm-hmm. um, that being said, I do think I still still do hold that there is a lot of potential. So we'll I see do. what happens. We'll see what happens for sure. Um, their goal now is making a bowl game because they sit at five and five. Um, that brings two point Sergio thirty eight, Tyler thirty seven. Tyler, you are um, you're doing your thing there, my friend. You're you're bringing it back. You, well, it's only a one point weeks. game. Only got a couple more weeks. Got to, got to, got to get that fourth quarter touchdown. We got, we got, I think two more weeks of the regular season, and then we got um, championship game, championship mm-hmm. weekend. So yeah, uh, close, close, <sighs> but we'll see how it goes. Um, non five wide scores. Um, Vanderbilt beat Kentucky twenty four to twenty one. Um, First Vandy uh, SEC win in twenty six games. Credit to Clark Lee, man. That program is really turning the corner. I think that they can find a spot where they are a perennial five to six win team a year, which I think would be fantastic. You win your, you schedule smartly win your four non-conference games, and then you catch a couple teams slipping. I think that's a, a great recipe for, for Vanderbilt for success for success relative to Vanderbilt. I should say, mm-hmm. um, 
Purdue 31, Illinois 24. The Big the Big Ten West, man, is just insane. Illinois was on track, and now Purdue has the driver's seat. It's a wild time. Um, Duke 24, Virginia Tech 7. Duke has seven wins, Tyler. Seven wins Duke has. Uh, congrats to them. Um, what else we got here? What else we got? Iowa 24, Wisconsin 10. Um, it's going to be an interesting one there. Um, that's pretty much all I got for non, non five. Oh, Kansas state dominating Baylor. They won 31 to three LSU. Uh, when they clinched, they clinched with a 13 to 10 win. Um, they did not look good. No, no, they did not. They didn't look good because they beat Alabama the week before and are going Mm -hmm. to the SEC uh, championship. But just stating the facts, and like do you, Arkansas is not good. Like no, no, it's still, unfortunate. They still didn't look good. Well, um, and and KJ Jefferson didn't play in that game either. He was ruled out literally two minutes before kickoff. Um, certain gamblers would have loved to have had that information beforehand, but that's another story. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's another story. Who Tyler, can say? Who could say? <laughs> Who's to say? Let's move forward, Tyler. Um, let's talk about Florida versus Vanderbilt this weekend. Noon kickoff mm-hmm. on the SEC network. Uh, that is noon Eastern on the SEC network. Um, Tyler, what are your Red thoughts about this Vanderbilt. one? Red, Red hot, hot Vanderbilt. Man. Red hot Vanderbilt in the cold of Nashville, apparently. It's supposed to be very cold. Um, what do you think about this game? What are you looking for since, you know, we, we both, obviously, we think we're going to win, but it's a question of yeah, what, are we, what are we looking for? Um I'm looking for some growth in the passing game, which is my default answer, kind of, because, like, there are some games. Texas A&M game, Anthony Richardson looked like he was taking the next step. South Carolina looked a little sluggish, got got the job done. Didn't He hasn't thrown an interception in multiple games. Um, just, like, the consistency. It's not so much the big plays, but I'm like, hit those throws. Like, let's build build a series, build an offense, um, an offensive structure. I mean, just, just take care of business, Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, Style of points is not, what you need, is not what you're looking for right now. You want to get this win, stay healthy, because the big game is the, the next week. The rivalry game is the next week. And I think Florida, like, all credits to Vanderbilt, I really do think they're good. But I think Florida can win this game if they just hand the ball off a million times. Like, mm-hmm. that's how good I think our running game is compared to, to Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt plays tough. Like, you're going to have to earn it. Not necessarily that they're super talented, but it's like Vandy's not going to lie down. So you do have to, there is a mentality thing with the weather that you have to like keep in mind. So again, just the consistency, put some things together. And I'm really in totality. I want to see some continued work from that defense. Like six Mm -hmm. quarters, no points. Let's keep that going. Um, And this may not be the most challenging, uh, the most challenging team to face in that regard, but don't 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 beat some easy assignments. Let's let's keep it all together. Um, so just stay healthy. Uh, don't get beat with the stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what. I yeah. think. What about you? For me, I think what we're looking for here is more consistency, right? I think the goal now mm-hmm. for the end of the season, like you said, the big one, the big one is Florida State for sure. So. Let's make sure that we don't get caught slipping because that's something that Gators teams in the past have gotten caught slipping. Um, Let's hope that we don't get caught slipping. And I think that it's going to be a fairly, I don't want to say easy because no days at the office are easy, but fairly unchallenged day at the office, in my opinion. I think that we're going to be able to run the ball like we like to. And it's another opportunity for the defense to really get that hype and that experience because I'll tell you what, that Florida State game on Black Friday, that is going to mean a lot for both programs. And it, we're looking at the best Florida-Florida State game that we've seen maybe in a decade, at least five or six years. From like a Just, matchup perspective. Like. Yeah, from a matchup perspective, both of these teams have positive momentum. FSU's having a great season. Florida's having um, a rebuilding season. But I think this this last month, it's, turning even, around. it's, been really it's coming turning around, around, especially in these and last two games. Is- it's a thing of the four losses we have, three are to top ten college football playoff teams at the moment, and then and, Kentucky. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but so, so it's like, oh, it's not like Florida, Florida is facing tough opponents and had held many of had played well against most of them, um, mm-hmm. except for Kentucky. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so we both think we win, right? We both think we win. Yes. Yes. Cool. 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 
Um, all right, five wide for this next week, Tyler. We got some interesting games. I texted you. I said that the five wide slate doesn't look as appetizing until we get to the Pac-12 games. <laughs> and I, first of all, love that that's the case because you know me. What a statement. What a statement, for sure. Um, first up, we have SMU taking on number 21, Tulane. That is actually a Thursday kickoff. So uh, you are probably listening to this today, listener, on Thursday. So that game is tonight at 730 Eastern on ESPN. Why would you watch who's the Thursday night game this week for the NFL? Oh, it's bad. Okay. I'm assuming it's bad because t- they've all been bad. Um, uh, I, I watch I, that. I deleted, I deleted my notification for it, so I don't actually know what it is. Um, <laughs> Why watch whatever that is when you can watch Tulane and um, SMU go at it and try to outshoot out each other um, in a great way? I think it's um, going to be a fun game. I think Tulane's going to bounce back <laughs> from their UCF. It's who? Titans Packers. I'll pass. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, thank you. Um, no, thank you. So you should watch this. By the way, Tyler, I think you, once again, do you want to pick all of them first? Because I owe you a week. I think I think I'll go second, second, actually. I'll go second. You want to go second? I want to go second. Okay. But to clarify, this mean, this is it. Like, you're foregoing your, I'm going to go first all the time. You, you, you can't hold it in your pocket for next week or for championship Saturday. Like, okay. I'm confused. We're, <laughs> um, we're getting back on track is the thing. Okay. So so I get to go I get to go second on all of these and then we're back to normal. And then next week I will go first for five wide and then we'll, we'll I'll go first, you we'll, go first and we're back to normal. Yeah. And then I'm still getting the first pick at two point this week to make up for the two weeks where I That's fine. You can do that. You can do that. Okay. I'm fine with this being last week where I get that kind of advantage and then we'll fine. see Deal. Unless the next, unless I just absolutely mess mess it up the next two weeks and it's so big that you know we do the thing, uh, uh-huh. but we're close. So like I'll take I'll take your advantage. I'll, I'll go mm-hmm. I'll go second on these five games because okay. I want I want to see what you pick. Okay, um, that sounds that sounds sounds fine to me. Um, all right, let's. I want to uh, see, see where your mind's at to see what I need to counter it with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I will. Uh, uh let's see what do i what do i want to do um smu tulane you know what? i'll take tulane uh i will take tulane i will yeah i will i think tulane is going to be um the other representative in the or the second team i should say in the american championship game i think ucf has kind of locked it in and then we have cincy or tulane so I'll go two lane so that that last game of the season really is a fun one. So I'll take that. What I'm about gonna, you? I'm going to agree with you on that one. I'm going to take um, I'm going to take two lane as well. And they're also they're playing at home, and I think that's going to help them out. Uh, but it's, this should be a good game. It should be a fun fun game. Uh, Ponies versus Greenway. But um, I'm going to go two lane as well. I, th- I still think even after that game they lost, I still I still have a lot of I, th- I like two lane. I like two lane. So okay, moving forward. Um, we have number four TCU taking on Baylor, uh, twelve Eastern on Fox. On this is back to Saturday now. So, uh, what are you thinking? Um, TCU Baylor. I think I think Baylor showed. I'm sorry, TCU showed us um, that they can win close games. As much as I like Baylor's defense, and I, well, let me rephrase that. As much as I like um, Dave Aranda as a head coach. I think uh, that I think that TCU is in a good position right now. Um, so I don't know. It's it's kind of stay the course for me with TCU. I really don't have much this, to say about it. You know thing. what I mean? I, I I just really want them to keep keep going undefeated. And the thing is, like the, the teams that are ahead of them until they get to the Big Twelve Championship, I think they can they can do it. They can actually. It's not like there's not like one glaring thing where like. I can see Baylor beating them, but also just TCU has had so many opportunities to, to get upset or to mm-hmm. lose these games and they keep grinding them out. So I, and I, and a non fluky way. So I think I'm going to go with TCU as well. Okay. Also, I want, I want them to make the playoffs so bad. I want hypno toad to be in the playoffs so bad. <laughs> I want hypno toad to be in the Hypno-toad playoffs. Hypno toad getting in before I, uh, Texas. I love that Tyler. Chef's kiss. Um, I love that Tyler. I love that. Um, okay, cool. What's the next game, Tyler? Number 22, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. It's Bedlam, 7.30 on ABC, night game. Oh, boy. It's Bedlam. 
the craziest rivalry that typically is not that crazy, except for last year when Lincoln Riley lost. So, <laughs> um, what are we thinking about this? Because Oklahoma, we've just established, is being you know in a rebuilding year, and mm-hmm. also Oklahoma State has lost some games recently that they should not have lost, <laughs> or well, they should have, but like we didn't think that they would be. A, it's had, it's required a recalibration of how good we think Oklahoma State is. So, mm-hmm. what do you? What is your opinion on this? I think that Oklahoma State has free free fallen um, from where they were at the beginning of the season, and I think it proves their inconsistency. I like what I've seen in terms of principle out of Oklahoma. Um, I really do. I like what I've seen there in a way, but I don't know. It's just very difficult to – it's very difficult to – not take my emotions out of this game because of my ties to mm-hmm. Oklahoma. And yeah. I would, I would feel bad not picking uh, the Sooners in a rivalry game like this. So I will take Oklahoma. Do it. I love it. I and love I generally it. think they're going to win because the game is in Norman. And like I said, the Oklahoma Let state your emotions blind you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they need it for bowl eligibility. So I think they really will have some, a presence to do it, you know? I hear that. I absolutely could see, like, basically, I think my thought process was I could convince myself of any outcome in this game because I do mm-hmm. think Oklahoma State is better than them this season, even though Oklahoma State is not as good as we thought they were going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, I think, has been the better team, but Oklahoma is still Oklahoma. So, like, even though they've struggled, you know that they could pull it out. And this is a rivalry game. And Oklahoma State won last year, and it's on the road for them. And it's like, mm-hmm. are they really going to win two years in a row in this rivalry? I'm going right. to say yes, because I think they are a better team. Um, but I, I would not be surprised if Oklahoma wins. So. Okay. Okay. Right, moving on. Number seven, USC Trojans versus the number 16, UCLA Fighting Bruins, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. So that's 5 a.m. local for all you West Coasters out here. Um, I don't think I'll be able to go to this game because I got a flight early the next morning. Um, <laughs> but this, this, uh, first of all, can't I, I can't wait for this game every year because it's a great uniform game. Always one of the best Always. in the country. Um, mm-hmm. All right, you go first. What do you think? Um, I think it's USC. I think for all of really? the struggle, uh, yeah, I for all of the struggles that we've talked about with, we don't believe that USC is playoff caliber this season that doesn't mean that i don't think that they're good enough to be one of the 12 to 12 to 8 best teams in the country um i like ucla but i think that um lincoln riley's offense is going to be too much for ucla to stop i i think this is a shootout i think that dtr is going to be able to get his um and it's gonna be a lot of fun i know the game's in the rose bowl um but yeah, I like it a lot. I'll, I'll take I'll take USC in a close game, um, and in a game that's going to have the country talking of like, "Wow, man, I'm so glad to have football back in LA." Kind of situation, you know, college football I, back. I, in I freaking hope so. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for this game. I, I mean, it's, a, it's a Big Ten town for Christ's sake, you know. Jeez. <laughs> um, I saw a graphic on Twitter that was like favorite uh, fast food in every Big Ten state, and then it put California for like in and out for the South and for like some other place for the North. And I was like, first of all, there are only two big 10 teams in California. They're both in the same city. So you really don't have to care <laughs> about the, you don't have to care about the Northern part of the state. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with USC too. Um, I do think UCLA is very capable of winning this game because they have the offensive mix and capable of winning any game that they play, but they did just lose to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've actually appreciated about USC this year that I didn't think I'd see is that USC is like finding ways to win and get and get out of tough spots. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost that game to Utah, which was a tough game, a good game. I don't really fault them too much for that because Utah's a good team. But like recently against Colorado, they were not looking good for like almost two quarters, and then they just turned it on. They were able to to grind through it, and then just their defense held Colorado down, which Colorado is not good, so it's not like a huge thing, but. They got into a clunker and then they stopped making it a clunker and they started to take over. So I think US UCLA might feel like the more experienced team as far as their offensive players because they've just been there so long. I feel like USC has the more mental fortitude somehow. Uh, so I'm going to go with USC to win this game. Cool. Also, like Caleb that. Williams is good at playing quarterback, so I don't feel too bad about this. 
he he do be good at slinging the ball. We'll say my that. My dad keeps asking me about it. Like, what about the USC guy? Where, where do you think he's going? I'm like, well, he's a uh, his second year, so nowhere. Um, <laughs> Your dad's looking for quarterbacks. What happened to Trevor? We, no, we believe. No, he believes it's just he's he's interested in where the competition is going because you know uh, the Texans need a quarterback and got it, got the it, Colts got it, got it. Have Matt Ryan and I, I see it. I, I see mean, it. the Titans. The, the, the I don't know. I Malik Willis might work out. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill is not going to last forever. So. No, 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 no. Jaguars look like they're the one team in the division that, at least if, if they're right on this, has their quarterback figured out for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got we got we to play the field, you know? Agreed. Completely agree. What's, uh, what's the last game, Tyler, on five wide? Uh, number 10, Utah versus number 12, Oregon. 10.30 on ESPN. So that's 7.30 local for, uh, again, all the West Coasters because Pac-12 is a football conference. Um, <laughs> At least right now, um, but yeah, Utah versus Oregon. What do you? Where, what, what's your thoughts on this? I am fascinated by this game. These are good mm-hmm. games. These are like some good Pac-12 games. Very, they're very good. Pac-12 football has games. some good teams this year. They're very good football games. They're a good conference. I've been saying it the whole season. I think it, it, it kind of sucks, right? Because I think this is where like the whole SEC bias comes into play. But they the sec gets all this like credit and praise for having so many teams that are competitive. They end up beating up on each other, but they're given the benefit of the doubt because, Oh, these teams are really good. Whereas this year in the pac 12, they have a lot of really good teams and they are beating up on each other and they're not given the same benefit of the doubt. Now I understand that because of the historical precedent precedent and all that kind of stuff, but that's literally what's happening this season in the pac 12. So I think if you're watching, if you think the Pac-12 is like dead and didn't really pay attention to it because of what happened in the offseason, I think you're missing out on a lot of fun football, especially uh, we're going to get these. The the best games of the week this week are both Pac-12 games. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So the four big ones, what's the four big teams fight play facing each other? Exactly. Which is which is uh, which is always fun. So for me, I go first, right? Because you want it second. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna take Oregon. They're at they're at home again for the second week in a row. They just lost to Washington, who is the fifth team. I would say a Big Five rather than a Big Four. Oh yeah, um, it's it's, it's the, right. Well, Washington's in this weird place where they're so much better than all the other teams, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't put them in the same conversation as Oregon, Utah. Um, see, I, I mean, they, I did, would. they did just beat Oregon, so I, maybe I it's mean, different. But after like, this that, week, I don't think that their record reflects it necessarily. After this week, Tyler, I would I would put them in that same category. That's fair. Um, That's fair. So anyway, but for this one, I'm picking Oregon because they just lost to Washington. Um, I think they're a better team than Utah, top to bottom, talent wise. Um, and I really see USC and Oregon being the teams that meet in the Pac-12 title game. And I also think that that is the best case scenario for the conference, not only because it gives USC a chance to potentially make the playoff, but because I think those are the two best teams and biggest brands at for sure in the conference and for them to have an off season like they had to then come around, bounce back and be like, boom, here are our two preeminent brands fighting for the conference championship in Vegas, I believe. Um, and for that to happen, I need Oregon to win. And I also don't think that they lose two in a row, uh, especially at, at home. So I'll, I'll take Oregon. Um, and people forget that Oregon Washington game. It's, it's a rivalry game. It is the West oh, yeah. coast. It's the West Coast version of Florida, Georgia. You know, they they border each other. Uh, the states border each other. The, there's a lot of tension between Seattle and Portland in terms of city, big cities in the states. Like th- that, that Pacific Northwest rivalry is alive. If you like soccer, you got the Cascadia with Timbers and um, the Sounders and Vancouver as well. Like there's a lot of rivalry in that area. So I don't think that they lose twice, especially after losing to that kind of rival. So I'll take Oregon. What about you? This is tough for me because oh boy, give me okay. This is tough because I want to pick Oregon because I do. Mm -hmm. My head is telling me to pick Oregon because they just lost a game that they could have won. They have looked better all year than than Utah. I like what Dan Lanning's doing over there. Bonex has looked good. And part of the main reason they lost that game is because Bonex got injured and had to be taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that would happen again. 
Utah at the same time has actually had injury issues and um, they've won games with their backup quarterback, which I believe Cameron Rising is back at this point. But uh, I think he is as well. Yes. Um, and they've both been pretty dominant the last their last couple games, except for Oregon who just lost. I My heart tells me now is that my, the other side of this is that like we both picked Oregon, I think, both times last year, and Utah just absolutely gobsmacked them to 38-3 to both times. Now, did that have a lot to do with Mario Cristobal? Yes, I think so. Um, but, and I don't think actually this year's Utah team is quite as good as that that year's in some, in some aspects. Um, so I'm struggling a little bit here. But I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to go with Oregon. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Oregon. Okay. Cool. I like that. I like that for both of us. Um, Tyler, that brings us to two point. What is uh, what is your two point for this week? So I, as a recovering Iowa State addict, am going on a bit of a uh, I need I need to purge that from my body. So I'm going to be I'm going to be trying to swing the pendulum the other way. I'm going to take Texas Tech to beat Iowa State. Um, okay, is my way of trying to recover as a uh, Iowa State addict, um, trying to <laughs> get past it. Um, so you're I'm trying to, you're you're trying to spurn your ex is what's happening. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying. Trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to recover. I'm trying to okay. spurn my ex. Trying to hair the dog, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I see. Phrases, I see. Words, things. Um, <laughs> okay. What about you? I I'm gonna do something that I am not a hundred percent sure of, but because these games aren't the most enticing and I feel bad picking like, it is a weird week because it's a lot of, it's a lot of soak on Saturday kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want to pick like Kansas state over West Virginia. Like I don't want to pick Oregon state over Arizona state, you know? So I, I know will go with two pick. teams. What, 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 what say it? I, I, I know you want to go rock talk Jayhawk. No, I don't want to go Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Um, not even against play, Texas? No, not even against Texas. Kansas plays Texas this week, and that, that's what Tyler thought. No, I'm going in a different direction. I am potentially being dumb, and I am picking against a team who I have named a principal after, and that is the Pittsburgh Panthers. So I will be taking Duke to go on the road against Pitt and beat the Pitt Panthers. It's a noon kickoff on the ACC network. Sergio just picked against the Pitt Panthers. My jaw is on the floor. I, I did indeed pick against the Pitt Panthers. It's something that I've been thinking of. Um, I, just, I like Duke. This, haven't you? you struggled with I it. Did, I did, but I like Duke this year. I think that we haven't talked about them yeah. enough. They are 7-3 and three with a first-year head coach, and it was a dumpster fire of a program before – they went at they went out um, and made the coaching change. I think Duke needs some respect. I think that they're a tough team. I think that they'll win this this uh, football game. And the pit principle, I'm going against it for one week. And yes, I'm going against it the week after that they had two pick sixes to start the game on the first two plays of the game. I know what I know what I'm doing. This is a um, potentially not smart pick, but oh, a lot. Yeah. We're gonna. I mean, we're gonna is, do, we're gonna Iowa State is Iowa is favored in the game that I picked, and I picked against them. So if that makes sense. Right. Okay. All right. Well, Duke is uh, Pitt is favored minus seven and a half. So <laughs> yeah, you can't trust you can't trust that. <laughs> no, I cannot trust that. No, I cannot trust that. Um, this is big for you. This is a lot of growth. It hey, is. Look at us at our two point conversions growing as people. Growing <laughs> as people. You'll love to see it. Um, that is uh those are our two points to recap real quick. Five wide SMU taking on Tulane. We both have Tulane. That's a Thursday night, 7:30 Eastern kickoff on ESPN. TCU, Baylor, we both have TCU, noon kickoff on Fox. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Bedlam, 7:30 kickoff on ABC. Tyler has Oklahoma State. Excuse me. I have Boomer Sooner. USC UCLA, uniform matchup of the week, eight o'clock kickoff Eastern on Fox, five o'clock local. We both have USC and Utah taking on Oregon. 10.30 Eastern kickoff, 7.30 local on ESPN. We both have Oregon. Tyler's two-point Texas Tech over Iowa State. 
My two point is Duke over Pitt. Next week, Tyler, we will be back to recap week 12 and we will be previewing week 13 rivalry week. Um, I have a very busy week next week. So we, I'm telling you this on the air and then the listeners, we got to find a time to record um, at some point. Maybe before the playoff rankings be come out, I'll be back in Florida next week. Oh, so, so now it's it's going to be me that's that's going to be the one holding up the recording. Uh, I see. Yeah, I see what it is. Oh, how the turntable. We're going to be on the same time. We're going to be on the same time zone. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're back in the normal time zone. I'm glad you can use that Publix gift card I shipped to you to Los Angeles after. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Oh, I'm so excited. You're Dude, welcome. I, I'm going to get a pub set like immediately. You're welcome, my friend. You are welcome. I'm sorry. Um, Tyler, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, uh, I can't believe it's it's almost over. I know, right? Uh, now it's fun because this is the fun part of the season where you get to see the results and like the college. Despite the fact that only like two more really weeks of regular season play, the college football playoff is still kind of all up in the air. Like mm-hmm. some teams have locked it in, but it, it's different from what we thought it was. Alabama's not going to be a part of it. Clemson's probably not going to be a part of it. Like really, those were the two big ones. Um, LSU is good. Um, to a degree, <laughs> um, relatively, relatively, they beat Alabama, yes, but they only then they also did the Arkansas game, which again didn't matter. But um, also they play the Dragons this weekend, so mm-hmm. look for you know just this is I'm not much of a a better, but uh, uh, just allegedly I think you might want to throw some money on the on the bla- the Blazers on that one. Love that, love the um, advice. Yeah, I, I will go hide back in my hole because where I don't talk about betting. After this. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, get, season's almost over. I'm very excited to watch the Florida Vanderbilt game because I want to see Florida play in that weather and be like, mm-hmm. how do you handle this? Um, <laughs> but I appreciate, Billy, I appreciate that Billy Napier has basically said like they're not allowed to talk about it. Like the players are not allowed to talk about the weather. Um, right. He said it's like part of their practice thing is that like we don't care about it. Like we don't we're not gonna talk about it. Um focus on actually beating your opponent. I I agree. Which time will tell if that was a smart idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I agree. I think uh it's kinda like our philosophy about talking about the referees, right? Like it's gonna yeah. happen. You, it's gonna happen. You, it never actually you never actually don't think about it, but like mm-hmm. you gotta overcome. It's not an excuse correct we have to you have to make sure that you overcome it because that's just the reality of the situation you know mm-hmm. you have to you have to do it you know so absolutely all right tyler uh, i think that is uh, what we will be signing off on uh this has been another episode of sideline judgment my name is sergio my name is tyler and uh, we are not biased tyler but go gators go gators <laughs>